0: Welcome to another edition of Politics and Random. I'm Alberto Willis, your host. Today we have once again our special guest, Marlon Weems, who is AKA the Journeyman, a man who spent 30 years in finance, 10 of those on Wall Street. Global investment bank subsequently hired him to help them decipher development in the financial and social economic landscape. Marlon points out that mainstream news rarely drills down enough to give a true picture of what's happening let alone what it all means, and henceforth the need for writers like the journeyman, Marlon Weems. Welcome to Politics Right once again.
1: Good to be with you.
0: Hey, look, we, we have to get rolling on this conversation right away. There are two big issues that are hitting us up right now. One is, of course, that I want to tackle first and then get it out of the way. And then it's the economy, Biden, where do we go from here? a possibility of a negative GDP in this next coming up, which I don't think means recession, but we'll talk about it. Anyhow, what are your thoughts so far on the hearing?
1: Oh, the hearing. Oh, wow. Um, you know, it's just uh, every every time. And this last one, for me anyway, it did not tell, it, it didn't like make my mind change in any way except uh, to just recognize how we dodged a bullet. I mean, it's it's frightening honestly to see just the level of corruption just and and what really gets me the most and and what I holler at my TV about is I'm just not seeing folks going to jail quick enough.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, if either of us did an end of of what we're learning uh, this would already be over
0: there you know you know that let me tell you what got me with this last hearing even though implicitly (laughs) i think we all knew it right um we had donald trump let's say i think they said a hundred and something minutes not doing anything
1: 187 minutes
0: 187 minutes but the bigger question is how does something like what occur with that insurrection with that attempted coup occur and nobody can reach any leadership in law enforcement to execute and why is it that even with this commission right now that isn't a central issue that we had a president who actually held on prevented there's a there's a memo that tom hartman sent out yesterday yes And it showed a, a list of what Clark sent all the things the National Guards couldn't do. They couldn't carry weapons. They couldn't engage anybody. They couldn't uh, get there until they're called. A whole list of, there's a document yeah, that prohibited yeah. these well, the this this law was, enforcement.
1: I think what we, you know, when we saw it happening, I don't think it was clear at the time just how systematic this was. Um, but if you remember, and and I remember at the time going, okay, whoa, what's this guy up to? I mean, because you started to see him replacing people in these key positions right. with folks right. that you knew didn't know what the heck they were doing. You know, Cash Patel, the guy he put in charge of the um the defense department. And right. he's moving these chess pieces around. But connecting it to the actual physical violence wasn't quite as obvious uh, as as this committee has made it over, what have they done, eight different hearings, I think. So um, yeah, they're definitely, I mean, and and, and the entire presidency, I think, underscores what can happen um, when you rely on tradition and norms. Exactly. And and even laws. I think it was um, um, Adam um, Kinzinger, I think is, is that right? Yeah, Ken- yeah, Kinzinger, yes. Kinzinger. So I think he made a good point during the hearing when he said, um, you know, laws are just something written on paper. But if you've got somebody that doesn't care, then you're in trouble. And, I- you know, for me, and I'll just wrap it up this thought um, what really bothers me. I think more than any of this stuff is how um, the, and I'm gonna say the media, um, but not only them, even, even politicians, both sides, the Democrats as well, this whole idea that he can even run. How in the world, how in the world do you have a guy that everybody knows tried to overthrow the government and he's talking about trying to be president again? This guy shouldn't be able to be dog
0: catcher. Not,
1: um, I mean, honestly.
0: Let me tell you something, Marlon. You know, when, whenever some people speak about others having privilege, um, people sort of get upset. They say, oh, hmm. that's not true. I, what kind of privilege do I have? Or look at folks in Appalachia and look at, oh, there's no privilege. But, you know, if I looked at you and I said the president of the United States had uh, several kids out of wedlock, had several <laughs> baby mamas, raped several women, also is on tape saying, you know, when you're, when you're like me, you can grab them by the pee. When you have a president that goes out and cusses, use vulgar language, is misogynistic language, Uh, use this epithets and and you name it, that's what this president has or that past president did. Imagine if President Obama had baby mamas running around.
1: You can stop right there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean...
1: You can stop right there.
0: Right. Imagine if, look, Donald Trump is the exact caricature of what many like the caricature as that not worthy person of color, that not worthy black man. And it's amazing yeah. how it's mirrored all on guys like, and it's not only Donald Trump. We can go through list and lists from the founding fathers Certainly. and otherwise. You know, they make it seem like, oh, these are the guys that don't have control. These are the guys that, don't, that can't do X, Y, and Z. But from the founding fathers, this crap has been happening, it's just now it's televised. Your thoughts?
1: <laughs> well, let's, let's just add to the list something that um, does not get talked about very much at all. And, and I, um, I knew something was up when uh, in 2015 when Trump ran and this did not get brought up. Um, you may or may not know the Trump Casino um, I want to say it was in 2015 perhaps mm-hmm. received the largest fine that a casino had ever received. Um, and this was from what's called FinCEN. And it's basically um, a um, an entity that is related to finance and financial crimes. And what they do is, um, and, and I had to deal with them. I mean, every broker uh, in, in the country has to deal with them because it governs money laundering. Right. And the Trump Casino got a uh, $10 million fine for repeated violations of um, money bank, laundering. you know, money laundering, bank secrecy, you know, this kind of stuff. And I was I have thought about that a lot, especially given all that we know about how this guy operates, uh, especially with his finances. So when you see something like that, just sort of get, you know, shrugged off, nobody really brings it up. You you just realize um, the difference. You know, if, if I ran for something, folks would be looking to see how many times I overdraw my bank account.
0: Right, <laughs> right. You know, I also think, uh, Marlon, is there, there? There's another. There's another dynamics here, and you know, there are two dynamics really, right? There's mm-hmm. one that we can play on things like the um, the issues that of Trump having privilege and so forth. But there's a there, there's the other issue where uh, having a buffoon with a with, you know uh, with a finance with financing behind him is actually good for a whole lot of other capitalists out there. The way they is, saw it is it. they were going. They were going to go to the cleaners, and guess what, Marlon? They went to the cleaners. They certainly did. They took us to the cleaners. <laughs> they took us to the. Actually, that's what I should have said. They <laughs> yeah, took they, us to the cleaners.
1: I mean, because um, you just look at it there in terms of real policy, he didn't do that much. No, you know, he kind of. There were some things that he kind of, you know, let continue to go as they were. But Supreme Court justices, tax cut, not for us, but, right. I, and and um, that is why when I hear guys like Lindsey Graham talking about how now we got to be, you know, if we can just get back in, we got to look at these entitlements. We got to get this budget deficit straight. They were, They added like $2 trillion oh, to, yeah. the, to the budget deficit just with that tax cut. And it yes. was supposed to do all these things? It was supposed to unleash the job creators? And, you know, you've heard all the talking points.
0: Now, that's why I always think this is all a cahoots. I, I, if you listen to my show a lot, right, um, I don't only hold Republicans or MAGAs accountable. I only, I also hold Democrats accountable. And the reason why I also hold Democrats accountable is our multifaceted, right? Uh, numero uno. I mean... Um right now the Republicans have a document, a paper stating that they want to reevaluate every five years all our I hate the word for That's, Rick entitlement about,
1: um, right. that's his, his proposal that we weren't he wasn't right. supposed to release it, but he did but he and did, the funny right? thing about
0: it is I think it is high it I think it is political malpractice that Every single Democrat does not have talking points right now. That every time they're in front of a camera, every time they write an article, every time they write a blog that says, do remember your social security is subject to expiration in five years. And of course you put it in in better words and simpler words than I'm probably capable of saying. But I think it's political. It is political. Malpractice, and that's where I say too often, and I don't know if you believe this. I always talk. I dif- differentiate us into four parties, right? MAGA, uh, Republicans, neoliberal Democrats, and progressives. And what I, I find fair, yes. And what I find is that there is so much commonality between neoliberals and 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 Republicans that the neoliberals are always trying to keep the progressives in check. In other words, yeah, we, we, I mean, you know, we have build back better that, that, that was split into two pieces. Oh yeah. It was immediately evident.
1: You knew what was was going to happen. And it just, you know, (laughs) well, I think there's another factor there and, you know, you'd call them neoliberals or moderates or whatever you want to call them. Um, I think that there's a certain a certain faction of the Democratic Party, and I think, as a person of my age, I can say this: these people are too old, and i don 't mean old in age, but you know right up here, uh, even Biden, I hate yes. to say it now don 't get me wrong, I want to just say up front if it 's Biden and whoever that the going to be put Biden, up, yeah i i 'm voting for for Biden. But is he the best thing that we
0: could have? I don't think he is. But I don't even think he's going to run in the next – I don't think he can make it for another – I
1: hope he does not run. But like I said, if he does, I'm voting for him. Yeah. I mean – I have some ideas of who could win, I think.
0: What's your thoughts on that? I'm curious.
1: Gavin Newsom, Kamala Harris. I mean, I would would assume she would be in the top spot. Right. Because I don't see how you can be vice president – and then have another guy come in and be the and you're Vice gonna be, president, and you're going to be under yeah, him. Right. That just that would piss off every black woman in America. Heck, it ought to piss off every woman. Every in America woman in America. If America can, yeah. If it, I can it, use that language. But the
0: interesting thing. No, no, that's cool. The, the interesting thing about it is, um, Kamala Harris has to. Somehow find a way to get more visibility and also improve her negatives. Because I have
1: some thought on that too.
0: What are your thoughts on um, that? I,
1: I've already started kind of dropping a piece on this. And I'm just busy with some other stuff, but I believe that she should be the person front and center on, uh, you know, abortion choice. That you know, all all of these different things that they're throwing at us. Right. Loving. To, you know interracial marriage, he can speak to that. I think Biden says the right words, but you know, and no knock on him you know he i don't think he believes it as strongly or at least he doesn't articulate it as strongly as he should so uh I think talk about malpractice, I think she should be out there every day talking about these issues and setting herself up because. It, that, if, if, Democrats, if Democrats can't pull, you know, um, what is it? White women tend to vote Republican, but on right. this issue, they it's, won't. Not just, it's not just Democrats that, are, that, that need, and, uh, you know, reproductive health care.
0: And you know, Marlon, that is why I think when I talk about democratic malpractice on purpose, et cetera, I think so much uh, about what's occurring today. There is absolutely no way republicans who i call uh there's no way the talibanization of the republican party can effectively win in 2022 and all these prognostication about it's going to be a landslide for for uh republicans and they're going to take the house and the senate that only happens with democratic malpractice in other words there is nothing appealing that republicans are offering right now when i say nothing appealing it's deeper than nothing appealing right um it is that it is a detriment to your health it's a detriment to so much and the problem is most americans are not listening to um the news like you and i are most of them are going to church they're 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 going to the parties they're going to the bars it's they don't want to be bothered with this kind of stuff until it's right up on them so somebody calls them, are you happy with what's going on no prices are high but nobody's telling them well you know it's a, here I, I have a whole piece on supply chain i have a whole piece on inflation all of this is fraud i have a whole piece on all of this and you know it, it's funny because i was on on a muslim tv and the guy was shocked of the things that I was saying. And he was like, wait a minute, are you saying there should be an oil glut? Are you saying that the oil prices should? I'm like, <laughs> look, I am say- I'm saying it out loud. The oil guys already know it. They know it. And they're, 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 You know, the thing about the stock market and all of that is your word can influ- influence pricing. But eventually the glut comes to pass. And, you know, I was explaining this to the guy off off record, and I said, let me tell you something. Everybody talking about, okay, Russia's oil off the market. I said, "Uh uh-uh. If we want to be honest, the price of oil should be falling, not driving up. Russia's oil is still on the market, and it's being sold at a discount to China and India. That means that the oil that China and India would have been otherwise buying off the other markets are still there. That glut's going to show up. And you know how we solved it? And you know what else the oil companies did, Marlin? They started shutting down refineries. Oh, that's a new, new excuse. <laughs> and you know the oil that, that Biden is letting out of the reserve? We can't refine it because it, it's shut. So we're shipping it overseas. And that's then correct. as soon as we ship it overseas, Fox News says, Why is our price is so high and Biden is shipping oil overseas? Marlin. It's a game, <laughs> Marlon. Yes, and we are is. losing it because we don't have enough people saying it. Talk, it's hard to
1: right? argue with that. It's hard to argue with it. You know, and, and I mean, if you want to talk about inflation for a bit, um, I guess it was um, right around the time that, uh, that Biden was put in office, I wrote something, you know, um, Larry Summers, the, mm-hmm. the economist. And oh, see, this is what I'm talking about. This is who Biden's listening to. Right. Um, and he, he hadn't, I don't think he had taken all, um, he had actually been inaugurated yet when I wrote this. But, you know, of course, um, um, Larry Summers was warning that we're going to have all this inflation if you give these people another check. Okay. And now that inflation has happened, uh, I'm seeing these articles. Oh boy, Larry Summers was right, and I'm kind of like, well, hang on a second. Okay, maybe he was kind of right, and I'm not going to say that. Um, you know, that that second or the last. I don't want to interrupt test- you. I'm not going to sure, interrupt go you
0: till afterwards. But he's not right. But go ahead. Well, I, you know, I, and I'll well, prove it to you later. But go ahead. Oh, I'm
1: going to say I, I'm, we may be on the same page here. Um, it, first of all, um, a lot of this is price gouging. Now, you have to think, uh, if you think back, and, and I was talking about this at the time, um, we're talking about, I don't know, a year and a half ago, you had guys like Chipotle talking about, oh, we got to raise prices because now we're paying people $15 an hour, right. right? And the price increases were not commensurate with the amount of increase in wages, mm-hmm. but, you know, so just put that over there to the side. Uh, oh, and and in the meantime, they also were paying their their CEO some like thirty million dollar bonuses, mm-hmm. you know this kind of thing. So, uh, as perverse as that is, that's part of it. Um, and and of course, you you know, I'm sure you talk about this on your show. I know you do. Um, all the oil companies are making stupid amounts of profits. Okay, it's not like they're just getting by and they're just having to raise their their prices. Okay. But the thing that not many people talk about is this. Um, when you look at stimulus, you know, all total, um, you know, all the money that that you know um CARES Act, all of that stuff. I think it totals to something in the neighborhood of five trillion dollars. Uh-huh. what doesn't get talked about is while that was happening, the Federal Reserve was over here just Printing money because they had to save Wall Street in the stock market.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now that total just under. So basically, the total amount of of just money the government put in the system, ten trillion dollars, five a trillion went to help you know help people not be out on the streets. The other four point eight trillion something to that. Uh, you know, in that area, that was the Fed. So in my mind, I think, the look, we had to give people money to stay at home. We had to. We had to give people money to be able to pay their rent, even though some states like my home state, Arkansas, wouldn't take the money, which is a whole different conversation. But did we really have to put $5 $5 trillion into Wall Street? I don't know. I don't think so. So all that to say, I think that there's a strong argument that the Fed is the cause of this. And well, they I, and they didn't move fast enough to slow it down because, you know, the economy grew, I think, uh, year over year. I think it's close to 10%. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> now, the Fed target, just to wrap up, the Fed target for what's acceptable inflation is like 2%. So they had to see this happening. So what were they thinking? <laughs> so anyway, that's, that's my There thought. is
0: so much to deconstruct with what you've said and what you've said is absolutely truth. But first, I, 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 want to, I want to remind everybody what inflation is, right? Inflation is simply the increase in prices and increase in prices can occur on, for several reasons. There's a shortage of people are willing to pay a lot more for something that that more people have to fight over or simply price gouging. My contention is if you are going to the store right now, you know, don't don't think your eyes are lying to you. There was never a line that you had to form for gasoline. There was never a line that you had to form for milk. There were a few shortages of eggs because of the avian flu. So I can understand some, you know, a little bit of fighting for eggs. And the problems with microchips, which is true, uh, it's because, again, of the charlatanes that we have running our corporations right now who decided that they wanted to manufacture all, if not the vast majority of their chips overseas, at the Mm -hmm. same time that they had something called just-in-time inventory, which means they didn't keep a ready supply of these chips at home mm-hmm. because they didn't want to keep inventory. So
1: they don't want to show that on the balance
0: sheet. Exactly. So it's important for people to understand this. All, all of today's inflationary pressures <clears throat> are caused by corporations who are still giving their executives big bonuses for charging prices, higher prices on less products and making bigger profits. And, and, and it's deeper because... I want Perfect. folks to understand this, right? You know, people, you know when, whenever you talk about supply and demand, it's real. It's happened to be the capitalist system that we run in. You know, when I came to this country, I didn't believe in supply and demand. I still don't, but since I live in, I mean, I, I understand it. I understand why right. it works. But what I'm saying is we don't, we shouldn't have a supply and demand problem in certain parts of the economy. We shouldn't have. In other words, that means the following, right? Here, here's the deal. Uh, the the uh, summer's, He was extraordinarily pissed off that we were going to give the little man some money in his pocket because it it. could be inflationary. Why would it be inflationary? Because the corporatists, the capitalists know that you have more money in your pocket. And because you have more money in your pocket, you will be willing to pay more for services and products. It's not magic. It's supply and demand. (laughs) There's more supply of money. And I'm going to raise my prices as high as I can until you don't have the money to spend it. Because remember, and I'm, and and, and tell me if I'm wrong here, Marlon, have you had any problems finding any major products that you need to survive?
1: Oh, not now. I mean, two years ago, maybe, you know, when, for example, um, I tried to buy a bicycle, it took me months because, right. All of the guts of a, of a bike now are made, made in overseas. China. Right. <laughs> so, but, so I had to, I mean, they assemble it here. Right. But, you know, like the chain and the derailleur and all of that stuff, you know, it comes from China and then they just put it on the frame of the bike when it gets here.
0: But the, ma- the majority but no, of things in, that we in need. In the it. last
1: year, no. Now, I didn't, I will, let me tell I, you. I just say, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. No,
0: please go ahead. Please go ahead.
1: Well, no, I mean, I am, uh, I've been around long enough. To remember what a for real gas shortage looks like
0: exactly
1: back, back in the 70s when yes people were around the block right you know and and you know what's funny gas was like 99 cents and people were like if it goes over a dollar i am yes. not buying <laughs> you know and you of course you have to buy it
0: More than it is so you know but what you're you're right but what, what i keep driving at is this inflation as you also said is price gouging look there. And not only that it's price gouging, the the reason for it is bad corporate management. And then we are asked to pay the price for their their misdeeds. But here's the other part Mm -hmm. that gets me, right? Anybody who is saying we shouldn't give money to the least because it could be inflationary is saying one important thing, that only those who have money have the right to spend what they have on what they want. Because it is actually saying that, well, look, we are not going to tax those people who are making all these big profits now. They can afford just about anything. But we're not going to give those kids some milk, those kids some bread. Because if we give them more money to spend into the economy, Mm -hmm. it's going to be inflationary. As opposed to saying, okay, if you want to work under that financial that capitalist modal well then let's take the money if you don't want it to be inflationary take the money from the rich in taxes and then immediately shovel they it they don't over want to do that to either. the other side but what i'm saying is if you're so concerned about controlling inflation and you don't want to increase the money supply by giving to the poor then take it from those who have gotten it on the backs of the poor right mm
1: mm-hmm. Well, that's a nice theory.
0: <laughs> I know, but
1: but the the thing is, and I think when you when you look at it that way, you um, expose, uh, you know, how disingenuous some of these arguments are. And so, yes. for example, uh, I was reading, um, you know, again about my home state, Arkansas. Um, you re- remember when Democrats passed, um, you know, rental assistance money that got sent to all the yes. states? And I mentioned earlier, they, you know, they they didn't take the money. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is the same kind of thing we saw with uh, the Affordable Care Act. Makes us don't San- take the Medicaid expansion. Gonna, yeah, we're not going to take this money. I think uh, my my current state, North Carolina, uh, still has not, uh, because we got a uh, a Republican legislature. Right. So you know, there's that. But in Arkansas, uh, you got a state with a surplus, mm-hmm. and you know, and people are hurting. I mean, they still. Um, haven't fully recovered from COVID, and the other day I think, um, well, it was Asa Hutchinson, who's the governor there,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: said, well, we didn't take the money because our economy is doing good. Anybody that wants a job can get one. Well, not if you got COVID, <laughs> you know. And some people can't go to work, you know. I would not go to the office. I got, you know, I'm I'm too old. My blood pressure's too high. I don't I don't need the risk of. <laughs> Of of getting around some person who refused to get vaccinated. There you, you go. Know, I, I can't. I'm just not going to do that. Fortunately for me, I work from home. But uh, you know, in a state like Arkansas, there's probably not a lot of poor people working from
0: home. You know, and exactly. And, and, and they those don't to the do anything
1: to help these people. Yeah. Well.
0: Yeah. They're, and you know, it. you know what is sad about that? In places like South Carolina and West Virginia and Mississippi, the poorest states. Their, 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 their leadership, their Republican leadership, is a, is a clear and present danger to their health, a clear and present danger to their finances, a clear and present danger to their existence. And somehow, and I'm going to, I'm going to put that on uh, many times on us. I'm sure you're enjoying our talk with Marlon Weems, the former Wall Street trader and writer and author of the Journeyman newsletter at Substack. Let's do this and we'll be right back politics done right depends on you to keep doing what we do what do we do we make sure to keep number one the internet seated with blogs and information to counter the right and to present what progressives represent for the benefit of us all to everybody so that it's not Misread misled by any other entity we make sure and populate that internet with blogs with videos with all these other things to make sure that we are informed and to counter everything that you normally hear that that are lying at the right we also make sure to create articles in in magazines articles in newspapers all around the country to ensure again that our message gets out there last but not least We also write books, as you see it, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom, How to Make America Utopia, are two of the many books that I've written on these issues. So please support us in one of many ways. Numero uno, you can support us at PayPal, either one time or monthly. Go to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. You can support us on Patreon, that is politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You can support us by becoming a part of our YouTube channel, going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, or you can support us in many other forms that you can find at politicsdoneright.com slash support. Be sure to visit our store, politicsdoneright.com slash store, and get our books at politicsdoneright.com slash Books. And don't forget, folks. Uh, please consider supporting us at politicsdoneright.com/slash-netroots for our upcoming trip to Pittsburgh, where we are going out there, and we will be discussing progressive policies and putting them into action. Again, that politicsdoneright.com/slash-netroots. Check it out. We're back with El Señor Marlon weems because um you know i was just listening to a tiktok by a good friend of mine cody Polk. he ran for a uh, house uh, you know state house here mm-hmm. he's now a professor at a university and uh, he said you know what uh, we don't need all of the rural voters right now we're getting probably 20 25 percent of them we just need a little bit more mm-hmm. and he said but we got to go in there and we have to go in there with some sort of humility not that we are the the know all we have to go in with some sort of humility and talk to these guys and invite these guys in because the caricature that the right has made of people like us, you know, yep. those people that you can understand how they feel, what they feel. And you know, everybody wants to, you know, we talked well, a lot about, you know, Greece.
1: every Democrat does not live in Manhattan. I mean, thank you. You know, I'm, I'm in now granted I'm on an island you know like a walk from the beach but it's considered rural north carolina right and around me are you know a whole bunch of lefto brandon flags and a whole bunch of you know trump flags and all of that but if you if you have a conversation with somebody now you're going to change everybody's mind probably not but you give them something to think about eggs you know that's that's all it is give them something to think about Yes. And and you don't have to, um, you, you know, know, I'm not going to I mean, and I from time to time, I'm out having a beer or something. And, you know, I I will have guys, my neighbor, the guy with the Let's Go Brandon flag. I was at a block party the other day and he starts probing. Me. He's an older guy. What do you think about, you know, this trans thing? You know, what do you think about? Right. Cause he, he knows he knows who I am. I mean, what kind of you know, mm-hmm. my point of view, in other words, I don't, but I don't beat him over the head with it. I let you don't him have to, to. No, you don't. And I just, you know, I answered him. Um, I didn't take the bait that he right. was trying to, you know, um, and, 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 you know, it went fine is all I'm saying. And that's and, all you
0: got to, you know, I, I wrote this book uh, called It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And the reason I wrote that book is exactly for what you're talking about. You don't have to, I, I go to, t- look, I've been to tea party events where I was the only black guy that's a real left-wing progressive, okay? Mm-hmm. And when I left there, these people loved me. They wanted me to come back. Hey, are you going to be back and have some drinks with us? <laughs> and they don't agree with me. Right. But you plant that but even, seed.
1: You know what? I don't even think sometimes I don't even think you have to even mention politics when they get to know what kind of person you are. Right. It's really difficult to hate somebody you know, when you've gotten to know them and you yes. see that they're not a monster, but they don't agree with you on anything. And I, I'll just throw this in. I think, um, and man, I never thought I would say this, but I think what Liz Cheney has done is gonna go a long way, you know, just when we look back on this, if we can make it through, you know, all this stuff going on. I would never vote for Liz Cheney. But just to see at least one politician who would say, you know what, screw my job. Screw if I get reelected again. This is wrong, I'm gonna speak out. And she's done a good job. And I think the smartest thing that committee has done is they've let her just kind of gone, let her take the lead like this last one,
2: mm-hmm. especially
1: because Benny Thompson was out. You know, how, how can Republicans look at her and, you know, you know what is so funny with Trump 90% of the time?
0: Benny Thompson didn't even have to cede the position to her in, in the way we run meetings today. He could have done everything from where he was oh, uh, yeah. with COVID, but he wanted to cede that spot to smartest, her for this last.
1: I day. mean, we we talk about Democrats not getting it right, but that the way that committee got that it committee, right. But I, I am I, so impressed. I, I am going to say something. I, I didn't think say, it was going to be like this.
0: I didn't either. I want to tell you something, right? I am so impressed with Liz Cheney. Let me tell you how impressed I am with Liz Cheney. Um, I don't. I if if we were to bring running for president. If we were going to bring a Democrat that is, going to, um, that is going to say I'm going to do something that but we know is a farce, that is nothing but a neoliberal, people always ask, I'm going, to, I'm going to preface it with this. People always ask me why I love living in the South and why I love living in Texas and I'm in a red area and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things I always tell them is I always know where I stand. <laughs> I can go to the Northeast and I can have people simulate that they like me. I can have people simulate that they're so much more progressives, progressive than those darn rednecks in, in, in Texas or South Carolina or wherever. But I'm going to tell you something, I'm, you know, living here for several decades and I've been to the, I, I go to conferences all over. And like I have written at Daily Coast, the most progressive conference in there, some of the most prejudiced and people that take advantage of those of us that look this way are those who call themselves progressives. Mm. And it is amazing that, you know, like I said, you know, a lot of times these, a, a lot of time these conservatives, you know, they want to make a point that they are not who we know many times they are. They're trying to make a point. But I tell you something, you better make your point. If you're a progressive, you better live up to your values. I say that for one specific reason. I am tired. And when I say tired, I mean tired. When I look at what, we, what we've brought all these Democrats and progressives to do in 2018, 2020, and, and told them, yes, we just need you to vote and get this stuff done. And to see that we have not pressured a, uh, a mansion or a cinema into doing what's right. Because don't, let me tell you something, Marlon. You can talk about, oh, well, you know, well, you know, mansion is going to jump ship. So you have to be careful of how you deal with him or cinema is going to jump ship or whatever. At this point, I say, so What? Right now,
1: let me tell you something. I mean, going into the midterms, I'm trying to think of who made the argument that uh, I, I think I heard Tom Hartman talking about this, but I'm not sure he's the person who said basically call his bluff. Yes. Call his bluff right now because we're going into the midterms. And if you talk about something motivating people let him go ahead and be a republican. Exactly. Cuz he's really won now and and so in effect we'd have to win that majority
0: back. I right. You and say. you know we are we're poised to do it. Uh Georgia we're going to win Georgia, we're going to win Ohio and we're going to win Pennsylvania. You know, we it would be malpractice. I think there's a chance
1: that we win Wisconsin.
0: And yet yeah, Bar- Barnes uh yeah uh because points.
1: you got JD Vance up there Talking crazy.
0: No, J.D. Vance is Ohio.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's Ohio. It's
0: Johnson. Johnson is. Gibran Johnson. Johnson. And
1: and Ohio.
0: Yeah. So we can win Ohio, Wisconsin, uh, Georgia, and Pennsylvania. I love Fetterman, you know? so
1: (laughs) Fetterman, (laughs) it kills me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, to your earlier point uh, about the North-South thing, and I've lived in both places. Right. For, you know, I spent 13 years in the New York, you know, Walsh, uh, well Manhattan and you know, surrounding sometime uh, in New Jersey. Um, and it's interesting that you would mention that because uh, I'm actually my next piece, and it's it's something I'm trying to make sure I got it right because I'm going to talk about uh, wow. racism that I experienced in. Uh, the first half of my career in which the was, northeast which, no no which was in which was in the south oh okay and then uh the last half of my career was spent in the north so it's going to be uh two parts mm-hmm. the first part is the south and and the sort of the theme of the two is the racism is is in both places the delivery is how is what's different
0: i, ex- you know? I mean that is I've written some of that at the Daily Coast. I've written some of that in one of my books. And interesting enough, Marlon, I'm glad you said that right. I always remind people that the most severe uh, bus riots for integrating <laughs> schools occurred yep. in Massachusetts. In Boston? Boston, Massachusetts.
1: People you wouldn't know. believe it, but man, I remember well. Yes. How we were shocked in the South. I was like, what? You know. Yes. I didn't know it was like that up there. But I, I, some of the most segregated places, man, I've got relatives in uh, Chicago. Right. And I'm sure it's probably a little different now. But, you know, I think I'm, maybe they lived in the south side. I'm not really right. sure. where, But they had never been out of their neighborhood.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, yeah, it was like they lived in a completely different ecosystem than right. You know, we were we flew up there. This is when I was a kid. We flew up there. We were staying at, I don't know, the Drake Hotel or some really nice place. And, uh, you know, we went to see my cousins. They didn't even know what I was talking about. They didn't know where my hotel was. They'd never really been downtown, never been to a baseball game, just totally enclosed. Right. And, and, and it's still like that in a lot of these uh, major cities.
0: And, you know, that's why, you know, that's why when I hear, hear a lot of the clowning from people from up north or whatever, or a lot of times the people up north give me prob- trouble because of the way I always try to bring folks together, et cetera. And it's like, oh, no, those people are. And I'm like, wait a minute. I remember going to daily to to, to uh, Net Roots. And when I'm trying to do an interview when Bernie Sanders came in and Black Lives Matter came and uh, one of the guys, act- I, I, I'm asking for interviews, right? These white guys are standing mm-hmm. up and, and the white girl comes and she says, I I'll do the interview. I'll do the interview. I'm like, thank you, ma'am. Let's go ahead and talk. And these these three other white guys, yeah, go be the go go be the white token. This is at a progressive wow. conference, wow. you know. And I looked at him and I said, "Isn't isn't this a progressive conference?" He didn't turn red like didn't really know what to say, but you know, it it, it I go to these conferences and I stand out like a damn raisin. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Let know. me tell you something um Egberto I um uh, you know I ran a um a, a trading desk oh, for yes. a lot of years um and at the time I think there were maybe four um African Americans that were even you know in 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 some form of running a trading desk you know there were at different firms um and that was counting just not only the brokers, but even the buy side, you know, the the money managers and so forth. In fact, that's where the, the other three or four guys were. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we interacted with large firms that said they wanted to do business with minority firms, right? And um, I got to a certain point that I just said, screw that stuff, because I can't afford, I can't live on what they wanted. They want, what they wanted to do was put you in a little pool and say, here's an X amount of money. That's the most you can make. And we got divided up between 20 firms. And I'm kind of going like you did with with uh, NetRuth. I'm going, ain't this supposed to be capitalism? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. What do you mean? I can only make 50 grand a year. I mean, like as a firm, that's all you're going to pay me. So regardless of performance, and I actually had a um, a guy, I won't say what firm it was, but when the uh, financial crisis hit, he got laid off and suddenly the only job he could get was on the other side of the fence. So he was coming to me as a vendor, <laughs> wanting my business, but he was hoping that I would forget how he was a roadblock to me getting business at the asset management firm he worked for. And this guy actually said this to me. He was, you know, this, I won't get too technical, but a trading product that he wanted me to use that in effect I was routing all my trading business through his firm. Right. Well, his product was, it was not as good as, as what I had on my desk, but I asked him, um, why would I do that? I have a trading desk. And this guy actually said to me, well, you're a minority firm. Y'all can't trade. Yeah. (laughs) And the guy, my colleague that was in the meeting with me, kicked me under the table because he thought I was, well, and he was probably pretty close to right. He saw something on my face (laughs) that let him know, "Uh uh-oh, Marlon is getting ready to lose it here. But yeah, this guy actually said that to me and, well, and I, I don't
0: even understand what that means
1: well no the 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 um trope you know it's kind of like black folks can't swim you know okay so in other it's words nobody's like,
0: going to want to do business with you no, anyway the,
1: the biggest argument that i faced um and and they they shift you know it was at first when minority-owned firms began to to um you know to rise Things like Blaylock, Williams & Company, you know, the like. Um, What you would hear would be, well, you know, we want to do business, but y'all don't really have enough capital. You know, your balance sheet is too light, and we didn't want to give you some business and something go wrong, and then you go bankrupt and we look bad. And as firms, um, you know, what guys did was they partnered, you know, Blaylock partnered with Bear Cerns, years ago that's kind of how they came out of the box and these firms built you know williams i think probably you know they they have considerable capital loop capital in chicago you can't really say that now and so then it would be well you don't really have the personnel that you know uh we're just not sure you can handle that kind of business and i was able to overcome pretty much all of that but you still had the mindset from some people that they were taking some sort of undue risk (laughs) dealing with a black firm. And, you know, let's face it, just the last five or 10 years, you've seen firms blowing up all over the place for
0: doing stupid stuff.
1: And they're not black. The black firm, I mean, Williams Capital has probably been around what 20 something years, at least Mm -hmm. maybe going on 30. So they know something same thing with loop loop started in the 90s i believe
0: and how many of them have blown how many of the other per, uh, companies have blown up quite a few over quite a the few. O- over time quite a but few. look marlon we are we are getting close to some time here so let me go okay. ahead and ask you uh, a few things where uh th- there, there are some thoughts i think uh chilling uh yelling came on tv and kind of gave the impression uh, like she may have some numbers that she's seen that GDP may be negative the next quarter. Of course, we know GDP doesn't. GDP has a whole lot of calculations in there that can actually, based on inventory or based on exports and all of that, can actually Mm -hmm. skew the numbers. Your thoughts?
1: I think um, I'm not sure that we're in a recession um, because, you know, look at housing unemployment look at people buying houses left and right look at employment wages all of these different things but i will say um you know a little bit of slowdown would not bother me at all right because nobody can i i saw the other day that the median home price was uh, well over no 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 400 and oh is it
0: over 400 now
1: okay i am i'm you check me on it but i'm pretty sure uh, last week, I think I saw there was over $400,000. Who can buy a house? Yeah. It was funny when I, I was listening and just to kind of go back to that um, uh, that hearing. It wasn't the last one, but the one where they had the, the Trump supporter testifying. Right. And he was saying, you know, yeah, I lost my house and I lost it. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, huh, you had a house? <laughs> Good for you. Because most people can't even think yeah. about having a house
0: now. You know what is so sad? The way the, the way the system works right now, they, they they rather create new instruments, having people double up and owning homes. You know where where you have now two fam. You know there there are certain cultures <laughs> that it's Listen, common man. to have several families in a home, and and yeah. that's what we're seeing now. And they're they're adjusting things so that. That's what we get so that I they can continue to Alberto, increase the if prices. I can,
1: if I can just chime in. Yes. A block down the road from me. Yes. um Well, someone bought this house, but I've lived here for a couple of years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It is an enormous house mm-hmm. right on the beach. I mean, it's beachfront property. Enormous, beautiful house. Um, I think it sold uh, a couple of months ago. For somewhere around a million five. Mm-hmm. And in the entire time, it was somebody's second home. Man, I'm talking about a 5,000 square foot house. Mm-hmm. 90% of the time, it's, it's, it's empty. Empty. Right. empty. And it just bothers me to see this. My next door neighbor, I see him, I don't know, a half a dozen times a year. He lives in Atlanta. It's got an enormous house. It had to cost, you know, everything around here is a million something. Right. Except where I live. <laughs> 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 no, but I'm just saying, it's it's so wasteful to me. But this is what cats do. And you know, their tax advantages and all this kind of stuff, I guess. I don't know.
0: Marlon, But that you is know that the economic system of that's that what we got. That's what we got. And until until Uh, my, my posse, the Hmm. group of folks that I, that I hang with are successful every, every year, another percentage of Americans are going to be joining the poor folk.
1: One of my relation, uh, you know, like an in-law and see, that's the other thing. So, uh, you know, I have a biracial family
0: right? and my
1: in-laws are, you know, Southerners and they're pretty much Trump, uh, not necessarily MAGA. I don't, I'm not sure that they voted for him the second time, but you know, it's that, it's that kind of thing. And, and some of them subscribe to my newsletter. Right. Right. But, um, you know, having spent time with them, you know, you hear these, these talking points, like I'm watching the news with, you know, a brother-in-law and he says, uh, you know, the government just shouldn't be picking winners and losers. And I'm like, what does that mean? So, so hang on. Don't you enjoy your mortgage deduction? What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he says, <said, laughs> i said well you know i i rent i don't get that so the government has picked you you and not picked the renter who's probably uh, heck my rent is close to a house note yes <laughs> the government has made the decision that yes. you're going to reward people who do this and not reward people who do this that's but see they don't you know most but you people,
0: made him think
1: Oh, you, dude, you he, had, he said, huh, I hadn't thought about it like that. I exactly. Said, yeah. I said, but you should. And exactly. so
0: exactly.
1: is he I, ever going to be like a progressive and get a, get a green new deal? Sure. Probably not.
0: <laughs> but you know, but, you know, the truth of the matter is I've, I've seen, I mean, no, he probably not, but I've seen a certain percentage that when, when the, when the bulb lights up on them, the change is too damn dramatic. <laughs> And they go all out, so you always have these different groups of folks. But Marlon, look, this chat that we're having here has, as usual, has always been great, and we always transition into very, very important topics that you know touch on many who are listening to me. Why don't you give me a closer so that we can get out of here?
1: Well, I think you know we've got a couple of, of uh, things that just have to be addressed. Obviously, uh, we we have to have some accountability in the government. So that's one side of the coin. And then the other side, from my point of view, is that, um, uh, you know, as you have said, Democrats have really got to get uh, there. And I hate to say message. I think it's more like the mindset has got to change. You know, I don't need any more talking points. I need some folks doing some stuff. And I'm not saying they haven't done anything. The House has done a lot. Mm-hmm. The Senate, not so much. So we gotta fix that. And and I think we got the opportunity to address it here in
0: a few months. So I just hope we do. Marlon Weems, the journeyman. Check out Marlon Weems uh Substack, the Journeyman. It's the journeyman is a substack. And uh, uh yeah. he's also on uh on um medium.
1: I'm on medium too, but um I prefer my my uh my Your substack. Stack thejourneyman.substack.com.
0: <laughs> and you know, guys, it's going to be right here in the blog post. Please uh, please go ahead and subscribe to uh, this man. This man knows what he's talking about. My name thank is Alberto Willis. Marlon Weems, thank you so kindly for having been here with us.
1: My pleasure.
0: I hope you enjoyed Marlon. Please, folks, don't forget that uh, go to politicsdoneright.com support and support our program. We guarantee you that we are going to do the work necessary so that we can really take back our country. PoliticsDoneRight.com slash support. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where...